this is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. That's why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. China is buying up our country. While corrupt Democrats and rhino-type politicians in Washington have been spending trillions of dollars on the Green New Deal nonsense, foolish foreign wars, and providing lavish benefits to illegal aliens from all over the planet, China has been spending trillions of dollars to take over the crown jewels of the United States economy. And they are doing that. China is buying up our technology. They're buying up food supplies. They're buying up our farmland. They're buying up our minerals and natural resources. They're buying up our ports and shipping terminals. And with the help of a corrupt influence peddlers, like the Biden crime family, China is even trying to buy up the pillars of the U.S. energy industry. Because frankly, Biden and the group don't care about real energy. They only care about nonsense energy, energy that doesn't work, and it never will. While some are focused on China's purchases near power plants and military bases, the fact is we should be very concerned about all Chinese communist activity in the United States. As I have long said, economic security is national security. China does not allow American companies to take over their critical infrastructure, and America should not allow China to take over our critical infrastructure. I didn't allow it when I was president, and I won't allow it when we become president again. To protect our country, we need to enact aggressive new restrictions on Chinese ownership of any vital infrastructure in the United States, including energy, technology, telecommunications, farmland, natural resources, medical supplies, and other strategic national assets. We should stop all future Chinese purchases in these essential industries, and we should begin the process of forcing the Chinese to sell any current holdings that put our national security at risk. If we don't do this, the United States will be owned by China, which would make them very happy. When I'm president, I will ensure that America's future remains firmly in American hands, just as I did when I was president before. It'll happen again, and our country will be stronger than ever. Thank you. He has built his political career on promises of honesty, hard work, and a pledge that a family name means something. I give you my word as a Biden. I give you my word as a Biden. But while Joe Biden swears by his name in politics, his son and two brothers spent years trying to benefit from the Biden name. It's all now the focus of a Republican-led congressional investigation. We want to know what the Biden administration is trying to hide from the American people and why they are not being transparent. Republican Congressman James Comer now chairs the House Oversight Committee and has set his sights on Joe Biden's son, Hunter a mysterious laptop now in the hands of the FBI and long-held conspiracy theories about President Joe Biden and what he does or doesn't know. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. Despite his denials, a CNN review of the laptop data, as well as other public material, shows that Joe Biden did interact with some of his son's associates while serving as vice president, though it's unclear exactly what was discussed. One example, the Republican site, Miguel Aleman Magnani, a Mexican businessman and son of the former president who Hunter was trying to woo. In 2014, Aleman Magnani and his dad were photographed at the White House with then-Vice President Biden. In a later email, Hunter Biden reminds Alemani Magnani of the favors he's done for him. We have been talking about business deals and partnerships for seven years. 
I have brought every single person you have ever asked me to bring to the effing White House and the vice president's house and the inauguration. Hunter Biden bluntly acknowledged the power of the Biden name in a memoir, writing that the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, which put him on its board, considered my last name gold. I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. Joe Biden's brothers have repeatedly referenced him in their private dealings. Frank Biden, a developer of for-profit charter schools, has invoked his brother in trying to convince local officials to approve his projects like in Sunrise, Florida, where he told the city in 2015 to trust his venture. Not because of Frank, but because of the honor of being the brother of a guy I think we all know and love. In 2021, at a gathering of medical professionals, he made this pledge. The bully pulpit that I have as a result of the privilege of being associated with, with my brother Joey. And I'll do everything in my power to support you to get the job done, to get federal dollars to your research. Frank Biden told CNN there has been zero interaction between his brother's public office and his private business, adding, do I engage in any way in quid pro quo on any level? Absolutely not. The last name gave credibility, you know, initially. Healthcare entrepreneur Michael Frey told CNN Joe Biden's other brother, James, broke financial promises he made while referencing the Biden name. Frey's company filed a lawsuit alleging fraud by James Biden, who denied the claims. Frey spoke to CNN before the lawsuit settled in 2020. Everything was on the Biden name, and, and so we took that to heart. James Biden was also named in a lawsuit filed in July. He allegedly received about $600,000 in loans <coughs> in 2018. This goes on. Company. Welcome. It's Wednesday, 18 January, Year of Lord 2023. It goes on for a couple more minutes, but I think you get the drift. Um, today, uh, very unusual. First hour, we talked about the uh, big win we got in standing up. Uh, this audience having the back of, of the 20 and the, and the Magnificent Six. And now the committees are starting to be, um, you know, peopled with, slotted with hardcore fighters, particularly the key investigative committees. And then we've had the president just come out uh, today and Jack Posobiec over at Human Events and uh, Turning Point had the exclusive of put that video out, which is quite frankly magnificent. So I wanted to get three people that are that are called pipe hitters. We got Natalie Winters. Our lead, uh, of course, our executive editor, but the lead investigative reporter, I think the top in the city. We got Dave Bratt, who served in Congress and knows exactly how these things rolls. And he's got some got some new data on China. And, of course, Dr. Bradley Thayer, Lee Hood. And we'll play that clip from Lee Hood. The Chinese are trying to say, oh, hang on, hang on. We, we really want to be organized. We really want to be integrated back into the globalization system. They're over at Davos right now with a totally different take. I want to go to Natalie first. Natalie, you more than anybody have spent a time going through the receipts going i mean digging down into the, into the into the real uh, connective tissue of emails and text messages bank records and and you know federal register you spend your saturday nights i tell everybody if they if you call natalie she won't say i'm washing my hair she says i'm going to a federal register of grants you've seen more than anything i, I want to connect president trump's today about the dangers of the ccp and his point of view of how you know, America has to has to unwind this influence peddling that's going on versus the Biden crime family from your perspective, Natalie Winters. Sure. Well, everything that Trump says is spot on, though. I disagree with his quote of America will be owned by the Chinese Communist Party if we don't you know, turn around yesterday, because I think, unfortunately, the writing on the wall is that we already are um, in the perfect textbook example of that. Um, is the case of the Biden family, you know, years, years down the road when textbooks are written about what managed decline looks like and who sold out this country, um, Hunter Biden will be that example, will be the glowing, the glaring example of how American elites have leveraged really every corner of America as Trump lists, right, from the pharmaceutical companies to PPE, to farmland, uh, to our schools, to our think tanks, all the way up to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue really have been annexed by the Chinese Communist Party um, through really the tactic of infiltration as opposed to invasion, right? The White House doesn't have to fly the Chinese flag uh, for the policies that come out of that building and the, the Biden regime to really be totally in line with the, the desires of Beijing. 
Um, and the Hunter Biden, you know, tale uh, really, I think, speaks to how the Chinese Communist Party seeks to target what I would call kind of the Achilles heel of America, right? The weak people within America's ruling class who can either be bought out by money, by business deals, by power, by greed. Um, and in the case of the Biden family, we've just been fortunate enough. And thanks to CNN uh, for confirming it a few years late, but still, nonetheless, uh, we can really see kind of the inner workings, the belly of the beast as to how this operation, this crime, this criminal racket really works in terms of leveraging um, a politically powerful name like the Biden family. Um, and I, I think the point here, and it dovetails perfectly with what's going on in Davos right now, it's not the Chinese Communist Party acting alone, right? It's the Chinese Communist Party acting in tandem with sort of this globalist economic model um, being championed by not just big government, right? Remember when the, the old slogan used to be big government sucks, right? We were so naive then because it's not just big government. It's a fusion of the private and public sectors really modeled after what we see going on in China, right? Whether you're talking about social credit scores, state surveillance, uh, these PCR tests, right? The weaponization of all these little bits, whether it's, you know, if you got a COVID vaccine, if you tested positive for the virus, then being leveraged and really being used as a tool to prevent you from accessing other aspects of your day-to-day -day life. So that's really the model that they seek to implement. Um, and I mean, frankly, people like the Biden family, right? Someone like Hunter Biden, they're a lot easier to compromise, right? It's a lot easier to get them to sell out when they have no principles of their own. I know you infamously remarked that it was like Hunter Biden was raised by a pack of wild dogs. But really, this lack of morality, this just, I think, really hatred for America and not wanting to preserve this country is how the Chinese Communist Party thrives, because it's a lot easier to get elites all the way from the White House, all the way down to lower levels of government to sell out if they have no allegiance to this country. And for anyone who doubts the salience of Chinese Communist Party influence operations here in the United States, they have spe specifically curated trips to China that, that Chinese Communist Party influence groups subsidize, um, all the way down for low-level congressional staffers who work on the Hill, Republican and Democrat. So I can, I can tell you this, if the Chinese Communist Party is going after Hill staffers, right, the people who are running the social media accounts uh, of the Democratic and Republican congressmen, you know, those posts that you see, the Chinese Communist Party is trying to compromise them and successfully so. And they're going after everyone. They're going after the Hill staffers, the members themselves, academia, think tanks, K through 12 classrooms, everyone. And unfortunately, so many Americans, really, I think at, at the core, don't really care about preserving America and really just see it as a financial opportunity to sell out this country uh, on the way down. And that is how you get the birth of managed decline. You've done uh, tremendous work where you had to go down like four and five layers and, and pull things apart and connect dots and, 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 and to, to, to see what the relationships are in the connective tissue. So what does it tell us about our country's elites? That some of what you do, a lot of what you do, particularly related to the Bidens and, and others, is uh, it's kind of up in your grill. I, I mean, you have to do your digging because you always like to have the, the footnotes that connect all the dots. But in, for instance, the CCP, what we now call the CCP Penn Biden Center in, 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 or other things related to the laptop from hell, the Bidens were not shy. I mean, they were just brazen. It was there was a definite ask. But the Chinese didn't try to cover their tracks either. I think I, I don't know if it's that they think our elites are so craven, right? Or they understand what managed decline is. They see the, they see a decline of a country, and just they're just going to go ahead and feed the elites as much as they can. But but talk about the Biden. The Bidens have been they're not. And the CNN piece talked about there's pretty brazen there where they're talking about healthcare things or charter schools. But in regards to our greatest enemy, probably the greatest enemy this republic's ever had, a true existential threat, they're pretty brazen about how they go about it. Is, 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 what are your thoughts on that, ma'am? Well, I think the evidence-based answer to that question, um, and it's actually what I think I talked about the first time I ever came on Warren was, it all goes back to the media. Um, in the mainstream media, these trips that I was talking about, how they pay for people to go overseas to China, really the number one target. Uh, that the Chinese Communist Party goes after in the United States 
is the media, is the mainstream media, is these journalists, because they know if they can get the media to not report on certain issues, right, whether lies of omission or purposely portray certain issues through a different light, right, it's very rare that you ever hear the mainstream media really say the words Chinese Communist Party, uh, let alone refer to them as an existential threat or enemy. Oftentimes it's, you know, competitor uh, or partner. Um, but they've really gone after the media because they know that that kind of provides them insulation and insurance um, from having any of their nefarious doings ever be exposed. So that's why they've really, really, really charmed journalists from all outlets. I've done previous reporting on this from the Wall Street Journal to MSNBC to NBC to CNN to Newsweek, uh, you name it. So that's sort of the short answer as to why it's so in your face, because they think they can get away with it. And nine times out of 10, uh, they can. But I think the other reason why they get away with it, and to go anecdotal and speaking about the Penn Biden Center, Penn, which received obviously a lot of money from the Chinese Communist Party, and by a lot, I think I mean over $70 million in the course of just a few years, um, the University of Pennsylvania was really instrumental in lobbying the Biden regime to drop the Trump era, quote, China initiative, which was a DOJ uh, led effort to really root out this Chinese Communist Party influence, primarily in academia, but also think tanks, really kind of the country writ large. So it's an example of what Trump was talking about in that clip. Um, but like I said, UPenn, along with some other universities like Stanford, which is where the infamous Pamela Carlin used to teach, uh, the person who was going after the election audits in, in Arizona, um, but these universities were instrumental in lobbying the Biden regime to drop the China initiative, which they ultimately did. So my point in all that is that the Chinese Communist Party finds these Achilles heels, like I said, these institutions that they can compromise to sort of annex and have them run cover, just like we've learned that these social media companies and the intelligence agencies have been playing the Praetorian Guard um, for the American ruling class. The Chinese Communist Party is cultivating their own Praetorian Guard uh, through, you know, multi, multi, multi-million dollar donations. So they know that it's unlikely that Penn is going to come out and say, hey, actually, the Chinese Communist Party was giving us tons of millions of dollars and, you know, a textbook quid pro quo, uh, silencing academic freedom, getting us to push out Chinese Communist Party propaganda, um, because all the people who are getting money from them are just that, getting money from them. You know, it was a Harvard Center not too long ago, that was also funded by the Chinese Communist Party. They were dumb enough to actually disclose it. And they were the ones who put out a study that said that the Chinese Communist Party had an approval rating of upwards of 90% during the like peak COVID and that the Chinese Communist Party had actually never been stronger. Um, so that just shows you the Chinese Communist Party really has constructed an alternative reality here in the United States. And unfortunately, there are just people who are so willing to take their cash that their infiltration as opposed to invasion scheme, um, really it works because there are people who are eager to aid and abet them to the tunes of millions, if not billions of dollars. That's when the, when the books are written about managed decline, you're going to have uh, years from now, you're going to ha have Hunter Biden's mugshot <laughs> right on the cover of it. Natalie, how do people get to you in social media? How do they get to you over at this, the War Room site? Natalie G. Winters on all platforms and make sure you go to warroom.org to read our latest story about some coincidences with numbers and Hunter Biden's finances and Joe Biden's house uh, at warroom.org. We're going to get to that in detail uh, tomorrow. That That is a shocker. We have to take our time and savor that. <laughs> People's heads are going to blow up. Thank you very much, ma'am. Honored to have you on here. Uh, I want to go to Dave Brett now. Dave, first off, you know, the investigations, just in your time in Congress, by the way, Dave is here in his personal capacity. These are his personal thoughts. He's dean down at uh, the great business school at Liberty University. But just I want to make sure people understand because they're, they're, they're melting down now about the investigative committees in the House. You've been there as a congressman. Um, and, and you see what I call target-rich environment. You know, you got the impeachment, maybe in Mallorca, all this. But right now, they're particularly uh, they're particularly freaking out. Uh, and CNN's actually doing lots of stories about the different investigative uh, groups, oversight, judiciary, et cetera, that are going to be looking at the Bidens. Uh, number one, this security clearance, uh, or the, the intelligence issue we got with the top secret documents. And in addition, the uh, the the uh, their, their whole finances of the entire family put us inside the room. How do these investigative committees work? 
Yeah, well, first of all, congratulations to Natalie for uh, just being smart and honest and courageous. And, and this show always has the signal, right? That was just pure signal. And you've been covering uh, a lot of the heavy lifting, right? Mike Gallagher, Congressman Gallagher is going to head up probably the China piece. Uh, but then the other oversight, right, the church committees, the FBI, the CIAs, uh, the Justice Department, it's all, it's all one big mess right now. So one piece is going to feed right into the other. Uh, the question is, will leadership sustain uh, these initiatives once it starts blowing up? It, it is a little strange out there. There's weird signals coming out. Rubini uh, just wrote a piece this afternoon, and uh, they had, it's a perfect storm of mega threats. Right. It's like he's been following the war room and he's got Larry Summers from Harvard reporting on this as well. Shocking. You know, all the, the consensus, the New York Times this afternoon just came out with the China falling apart piece, which I haven't seen. Uh, their strategy uh, is, is problematic. And so uh, it's it's just going to be what Natalie just said. I, right? I, I, I want to say one thing. Yeah. I want to say one. He's breaking news and we're going to have Rabini's piece tomorrow. Rabini. Uh, and I have tremendous respect for Rubini. I know uh, Dean Bratt does because he's one of the guys that has been warning about this debt, m massive yeah. debt yeah. is a major national security problem. He makes the case and we're going to actually open the show tomorrow. We're going to have Philip Patrick on. We're going to have Russ vote on. I hope to get uh, Cortez and maybe even Brad again if I can talk him into it because tomorrow's the debt ceiling. Rubini says, hey, this is worse than the 70s. And this is even maybe worse than the Dark Valley of the 1930s, which the yep. War Room has been preaching now for a couple of years. It's very powerful. What in 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 given this uh, obviously financial crisis and geopolitical crisis, how does Congress? I want you to because you were there. What do you mean leadership has to have the back of judiciary yep. of the of the yep. of the uh, the the weaponization of government of of. Yep. Uh, of what they're doing on Homeland Security, of what Gallagher is going to do on the China Select Committee. What do you mean by leadership has to have their back? Yeah, well, right now it looks like they're all working. It's coordinated. The, the news is uh, coming out with the headlines from uh, Comer and all these guys uh, going across the committees and Jordan's in the background and Massey might do the church committee. And boy, would that be a, a great thing. Uh, but in D.C., it's just what Natalie just uh, overviewed, right? It's this confluence between the public sector and the private sector now. It's not just, you know, government's too big. That's the old thesis. The new thesis is this is going to end up having, you know, trillion dollar implications. And once it does, once the private sector gets whacked uh, and, you know, all these Davos folks are over there. I got a couple comments on that uh, later on. Uh, but then the donor class gets upset. They call in and say, all right, call off these committees, right? You've gone far enough, right? Everybody gets it. Everything's corrupt. We all know that. Uh, you get a, get a few hands slapped. In the past, none of this has happened. That, that group of 20 uh, is heroic. And uh, we owe all this oversight initiative to them uh, and to the folks who have worked in the trenches for the past you know, 20 years to, to bring this up. The Tea Party uh, was, their, was the early impulse. Uh, but in Congress itself, you got the House doing it. The Senate is silent. So, uh, you know, we need to pay attention to that. If the Senate is silent, that's how the game is played, right? Uh, you get to do some messaging stuff. It looks good. The Senate doesn't do anything. No one puts any heat uh, on using the mainstream media on the uh, on, on the senators who have, you know, you know, kind of moderate districts who can be reasoned with, you know, a mansion or whatever. I don't know anymore. So we'll see. Uh, but that's uh, that's how the action is going to go. And then, you know, once it gets up to the White House, uh, they're going to be probably countering a lot of this China stuff. Uh, but now there's a split, right? There's this uh, the politics on the left is getting getting pretty interesting, too. So maybe you get some uh, unrest on the uh, on the left and the, some internal skirmishes over power and money. Connect connect what you've seen, because we're on Bradley Thayer on here, Lee Hu. Uh, gave this uh, talk uh, in Davos. They said, hey, look, we're going to come back. China wants to be reintegrated. Globalization's got to work. We're going to be good citizens. How does what's happening in Davos this week inform your uh, your thoughts about what's actually going on in Washington with the setup of these investigative committees? Yeah, I've, I've got a graphic. Uh, if Denver wants to slap up the graph, there's a purple line on the top. Uh, but there's uh, some news articles coming out of Europe and the Davos on the green energy. The green energy economy right there uh, up on the top is growing faster and is bigger than the than the real economy. 
So Europe lost their marbles, right? And then I, I have a 30-second uh, uh, graphic called Gapminder. If you want to start that thing, I'll just hit play on it. Economic growth starts in 1800. Keep your eye on those two uh, pink circles. That's one's India and one's China. As this thing unfolds, you're going to understand that keep your eye on the ball, that red ball. China is the signal. This thing shows the signal. You haven't seen anything yet. All human history, people made $1,000 a year uh, up until you're seeing the beginning of growth take place. The U.S. is the green ball moving to the right. People are living longer. We're getting richer. GDP per capita is on the, uh, as you move to the right. Now watch right now. Watch that big red ball on your left. Watch what happens. Here comes China, right? This is signal, not noise. That is China moving in. That's their traje- trajectory. Wow. They can own the world. Uh, one more decade of that movement, the size of the ball is their 1.4 billion people versus our 300 million. That, that gap minder, go out and fiddle with it. It also shows the uh, industrialization of China is much higher than ours. You can plug that in on the horizontal axis and change variables. And their capital investment is much higher than ours. And th- that's why they're growing. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. We're going to take a we're going to take a short commercial break. Of course, the the uh, Financial Times of London says the falls in China's population mark turning point of global economy. I'm going to ask Dave Brett. He's down at Liberty. Is the 450 million forced abortions that's caused the the uh, the drop in population? How big is the lack of morals of the Chinese Communist Party? The gangster, the gangsters that run Beijing. Short commercial break. I got Dave Brett. We've got Dr. Bradley Thayer, Joe Allen. All next in the war room. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and ensure your vital communications stay prior They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Remember, That's you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com right now. That's sat123.com slash Bannon. Sat123.com slash Bannon. And get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly two hundred and fifty grand, And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business, almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVID 
www.tuberculosistemtaxrelief.org. In 2023, we will continue to work to make progress while maintaining stability and follow a proactive fiscal policy and a prudent monetary policy. We will strive to maintain reasonable economic growth and keep prices and jobs stable. Our focus will be placed on expanding domestic demand, keeping industrial and supply chains smooth, supporting the healthy development of private sector, deepening state-owned enterprises reform, attracting foreign investment, and preventing and diffusing economic and financial risks. If we work hard enough, we are confident that in 2023, China's growth will most likely return to its normal trend, and the Chinese economy will see a significant improvement. A noticeable increase of import, more investment by companies, and residential consumption returning back to normal can be expected. Okay, that is, uh, welcome back. That is Vice Chairman Li He, and he's the guy they roll out that's, uh, that is, um, uh, the nice guy, he's the guy that interacts with the West. He's a, the individual that cut the deal uh, with Lighthizer and Navarro. President Trump's uh, not the first big deal, the Lighthizer deal that took, that took away the seven deadly sins or seven original sins of China. But he's the one that made the, 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 uh, the uh, what they call the mini deal that President Trump got signed. Um, but he's sitting there and saying, hey, China is really going to reintegrate into the globalization system. and." We've had an off year, but we're coming back, and we're going to essentially lead the lead the world economy back, uh, and we're going to play by the rules. Uh, Dave Brett, I've got Bradley Thayer on here. Bradley Thayer has laid out what the Gallagher the, the the odds against the Gallagher committee actually working. Okay, uh, but I, I also put in front of him this Lee Hu um, document, the, the press reports on that. It, it, where do you stand? First of all, the drop in population is directly correlated to the one China policy. And people say when we say one China policy, th there's blood all over that. They, they had, you know, yeah. uh, Miles Guo, who I think is the best informed guy about the CCP, and he says, hey, there's about 450 million to 500 million for, of abortions, right? And he says yeah. it's 80 20 girls to boys. And he says that's caused these massive social problems in China today. And I know that from spending so much time in China. That you have, you know, these young men going around and there's just no, it's one of the reasons that sex trafficking is so bad, but they're going around and it's like East Germany after the fall of the Berlin Wall. They're antisocial because there's no women, they're not married, they're still playing video games when they're 40 years old. Uh, how much of, um, of, of this, because this was the big pitch at Davos to say, hey, we understand the economy's in terrible shape, but we're coming roaring back. Dave Bratt. Uh, you've looked at this, uh, you know, as closely as anybody. Do you buy that? No, I don't. If you read the newspapers, there's a new verb or some word out there. And the question is, is China investable? That's the new hot term. So folks can go Google that term and you'll see a whole, you know, literature on that. Uh, but, you know, in, in my view, you know, God set up, but there's common grace for all to see the you know, glory of the heavens above and the the miraculous nature of the universe, et cetera. And there's also natural law, right? And if you violate the natural law to the degree that China has, there are consequences. And so they're living that out now. And no one wants that for the Chinese people. Uh, you know, they're, they're suffering under the CCP. Uh, but uh, they, 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 they have all the, uh, the, the bubbles we have. Our debt's 125% of GDP. Theirs is 300%. Uh, they got a real estate crisis. Uh, they have a productivity crisis, right? You can only build so many bullet trains uh, and make the, the basic capital infrastructure investment. So they're on diminishing returns across the board and uh, they will decline. 
Uh, they still have a, a powerful uh, engine available to them. Uh, but you saw at the 20th uh, CCP Congress, right, they made three moves, right? They went full on Marxist-Leninist. Two, they got rid of all economic reforms. That graph I just showed you at gapminder.org, uh, economic growth began uh, when societies choose the free market system. There's always been markets, but a society has to choose uh, to have a free market system. We are rejecting ours as well, but China is just rejected theirs. And of course, on top of that, uh, they got rid of all the China language on peace of harmony. And uh, the third point was they went to a war footing language on struggle sessions uh, and tensions coming up with the rest of the world. So, you know, you put those three together and uh, Xi Jinping, that's that's his new thesis. And that is not compatible with economic growth. So the the, the second and third guys can say all they want. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> Let, 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 let me bring in, well, Lee Hood's the strategist, Dr. Thayer, before we get to the Mike Gallagher, tough time he's going to have, do you buy what uh, Dave Brad's selling, or do you, do you believe Lee Ho, Dr. Bradley Thayer? I, I don't believe Lee Ho. Remember, you're, Steve, you're old enough to remember the Dick Cavett show. I remember when Mary McCarthy dismissed Lillian Hellman, saying that every word that she writes is a lie, including <laughs> Anne and the. <laughs> Every word that this guy said was a lie. So you can dismiss the totality of it. It should hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. I got I want to hear that because this is important. Davos is like sitting there going, Oh, the Chinese have come and Lee Hu is such a brilliant strategist and statesman and he's told us it's all gonna be good and they're gonna re they're gonna they're gonna reintegrate into the rules based uh, the international rules based order. Doctor Bradley Thayer. Well, no, they're not. This is just a smokescreen. I mean, what he's attempting to do, is, as Dave Bratt uh, really is, is a saying, is that they're trying to lure investors. They, they face profound economic difficulties. They're trying to keep people from leaving China, investment from leaving China, because they face just a, in some respects, a perfect storm of problem. The demographic issues, of course, that Dave Bratt mentioned, but obviously covid uh, is working its way through. And this is why we're seeing one of the reasons why we're seeing this low growth, which is going to be sustained. Xi Jinping is never going to give up his ideology. His, he sees himself as Mao Zedong and even greater than Mao. And ideology is at the core of his identity, at the core of his belief. So he can send individuals out from time to time to talk about uh, China reintegrating itself uh, into a liberal international order, uh, but it's uh, it's simply deception. Uh, it's an information operation uh, designed to um, uh, 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 help address their profound problems. They have tremendous vulnerabilities, and now's the time to act against them because they are so vulnerable. So it's a question of whether we'll do that or not in conjunction with others. But uh, that's the key issue. Okay, hang on for a second, I, because Brett's got to bounce. Dave, I, I want to tie that back to, uh, uh, clearly Dr. Thayer thinks you're right on this, but I want to tie it back to the to the video we played today that Jack Posobiec put up as uh, he had an exclusive on it from President Trump. President Trump really, and I think it's the first time he's really done it at that level of depth talked about essentially the influence operation going on the CCP, the money they're spreading here, and that the, not just the, in the Straits of Taiwan, not just in the defense of Taiwan, or, uh, you know, talking about our allies in Japan or South Korea, right, the kinetic part of this, or even the, the, the unrestricted warfare in Asia, but really talked about it here. Uh, do, do you think President Trump's, that's a clarion call, or do you think that's uh, an overstatement, sir? No, I, I, I agreed with every plank. That was the policy case. That's why I kind of skipped over it. He laid that out and Thayer just said uh, rightly, uh, that's the point, right? Uh, China's going to come at us uh, like uh, the, the previous reports on all they do, even with the House uh, interns, uh, to sway them, much less members of Congress with millions and millions of dollars in the private sector, the, the Fortune 500 ESG and all this stuff. Right. So you know, Thayer said the, the thesis statement, they're going to do their best uh, to convince us to come back there. Trump just went point by point by point down about 20 policy points that said we got to do this, this and this to prevent that from happening. So now it's on, incumbent on the House and the Senate and the American people 
to wake up and uh, quit doing the easy thing always, right? I'm, I'm subject to the same uh, issues that the average American is. It's just, it's easier to just, you know, making your purchases the easy way, uh, not thinking through really the implications of our consumption investment decisions. And uh, we got to do better. Dave, how do people uh, get to you? How do they get to you down at uh, at uh, the the Business School at Liberty, and how do they follow all the content you're putting up on Brat Economics? Yeah, Brat Economics at Getter, and uh, I've been lighting it up the last few days. I've added a lot of new content. You'll see all the stuff I just mentioned uh, today, and uh, it'll it'll keep you share it with the young people you know, and have them go fiddle around on their computers with that Gap Minder, G A P Minder dot org. You can learn a ton of economics uh, just sitting down with that simple little app. Dave Brett, thank you for joining us, Stephanie. Appreciate you pulling yourself away. Thanks. Thanks for all you do. God bless. Okay. Uh, Dr. Thay, you wrote this amazing piece, and that's where we started off the hour by uh, by um, discussing um, discussing the, the investigations. We led over President Trump and then talked the last couple hours about these investigations. You had a special warning for Gallagher, and I want to make sure we, we put that up. And I want you to walk through it, particularly the fact you're saying, hey, don't buy the Lee Ho thing. That, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, Lee Ho's over there at Davos. He's, he's telling them what they want to hear. Uh, and that's why they're all saying, oh, this is amazing. This is great. China's coming roaring back. They're going to be integrated back into the international rules-based order. Bad orange man, bad, did not chase him away. It, it, tell our audience specifically what is the issues with um, – What's the issues with uh, with Mike Gallagher and what does he face, sir? This uh, this select committee on China. We might note that Gallagher did not go to Davos. He was scheduled to go to Davos. Uh, he waved off. Uh, I would like to hope that this show and uh, and our contributors had a little bit to do with that. Uh, it might have been other reasons, but I think this is at least part of it. Walk us through. We got a couple minutes here. Walk us through what Gallagher, the challenges facing Mike Gallagher on the select committee for the investigation into China. Absolutely, Steve. Uh, what he's attempting to do is heroic, and he deserves tremendous support. But he has really the Augean stables he's got to clean out. First, we've been here before. Remember the Cox Commission report? Fred Thompson in the Senate, Christopher Cox in the House uh, generated a, an incredible report in 1999 saying that China has been trying to steal our technology for 20 years, that is since diplomatic relations in, were established in 1979. Uh, and the, the document that was generated, the Cox Commission report, uh, essentially uh, is notable because so little was done. Uh, so little was done because the American political elite and others did not want to make any changes. So Co the uh, Cox Commission serves as a warning uh, to Gallagher in terms of um, the amount of investigation he's going to be able to do is absolutely important to document uh, what's occurring. But then those uh, suggestions, those recommendations have to be put in. That's going to require leadership. That's going to require McCarthy and that's going to require the Senate and that's going to require a president uh, to do so. I often say the China threat should be nonpartisan. Uh, sadly, it's not holy, but it indeed should be nonpartisan, as all of us, Democrats, independents, Republicans, are going to be affected by, are affected by it, and are only going but, to but, be increased. But, but how is it, because you're, you're going to have the convergence and the conflation of two things. You've got a select committee on, on the CCP, right? And, and yeah. Gallagher has a little bit, and this is my concern with it, a little bit too much neocon, kinetic, our military, and them as a competitor in business which is not the point. The point is they're an existential threat that is already at war with us, right? Already at war with us, economically, uh, psychological warfare, cyber warfare, information warfare, fifth generation warfare. But also you're going to have the convergence because on the other side, and this is one of the reasons we put up at the top of the five o'clock show, the freak out that they're having with the, um, the freak out they're having with, uh, you know, MAGA people from the twenty being put into these committees, particularly the investigative committees, you're going to have very quickly the convergence of the Biden crime family with uh, aspects of the CCP. The laptop from hell is going to be, Comer's already said, hey, no, we're going to get into the laptop from hell. And oh, by the way, we're making the Biden family's finances 
article number one. We want to get to the bottom of all their finances. So how you're going to have the convergence of these two. What would you recommend? What, what, if you were on Gallagher's staff, what would you, how would you tell him uh, to, what direction should he go in driving the select committee on the investigation into the CCP? There are three elements there that Gallagher can advance. Um, again, keeping in mind the Cox Commission, history matters. Uh, and that's the lessons that um, should have been learned in the past need to be applied here. First, China is the enemy. It is an existential threat. It is involving everything. It's ubiquitous in every aspect of our uh, elite, from Silicon Valley to Wall Street, media, obviously, universities, our political, our politics at the state, local government uh, uh, levels. Uh, it's everywhere. Again, it is ubiquitous. They are our enemy. And if Gallagher can come away uh, with, after his uh, essentially uh, all of the testimonies, the evidence acquired uh, to advance the explanation why China is the enemy of the United States, that's incredibly valuable. Secondly, building on that, we have to begin to take the battle to the CCP. That is, they have tremendous vulnerabilities. Dave Bratt, Natalie Winters has touched on this. Dave Bratt did, and, and so many others uh, on your show have touched on the vulnerabilities that they have. But Gallagher has to advance the offense uh, against the CCP. How do we exploit their vulnerabilities? That's absolutely essential. And then thirdly, um, to go uh, leave no stone unturned, uh, Steve, and you appreciate, of course, how difficult that's going to be, uh, given that it is an Augie and stable, and it's going to have to be mucked out. And when you muck that out, you're going to find that Senate, House, uh, it's a bipartisan problem, and there are a lot of folks who are very powerful, uh, Biden administration, uh, obviously, uh, are, uh, are culpable. Um, in terms of what they have done in the past and what they're, let's just sit aside the the the, the family for a second and put that aside because you've got it, to do this investigation right. You have to, as the committee on the present danger. I mean the 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 economic warfare part and the capital markets part and the on the on the committee on the present danger has been, you know, brilliant. But you're going to have to name names. You're going to have to show how Wall Street, with the pension fund money, the people in the United States have financed the Chinese Communist Party. You're going to have to talk about uh, Silicon Valley. I think you have to bring up, and I'll pick a perfect example, Sequoia Capital, uh, in which Sequoia is uh, one of the financiers of Elon Musk's Twitter acquisition. Sequoia Capital is, I say, a front, and I know they're being investigated by uh by and I know exactly why it was stopped at one time and will be restarted uh in the House Intelligence Committee on their being a front for the Chinese Communist Party. You have to get into and start naming those type of names in that level of detail on the technology side, on the corporate side, on the finance side. Do you think Black Gallagher Black uh we ha we have to go Black Black BlackRock uh, the Black Star all of it, all of it. It's going to it would get first of all it would be riveting television but Remember, they're also the biggest donors to the political party. The pressure on this committee will will be enormous if it's to do it the right thing. So, how would you? What would you tell Gallagher? How would he go about this? Well, in in addition to those points, uh, it's going to require obviously air cover uh, from uh, leadership. But uh, Mike Gallagher is the type of guy who's going to go, he's going to advance, and he's going to explore uh, what needs to be explored. And that's Wall Street, as you said, uh, Steve, certainly. Um, Larry Fink, essentially the corrupt aspect of our thrift savings plan that Frank Gaffney and Brian Kennedy have such a, done a, and Roger Robinson have done such an exceptional job of identifying the fact that the US, U.S. government employees in their retirement fund are funding the CCP and the PLA. That's how bad the rot is. Uh, so Gallagher can do an exceptional job of obviously not only exposing the rot, but ensuring that, as you said, names are going to be named here in terms of those who have been driving this. Uh, and that's the first thing, uh, uh, you know, that's obviously a key element in addressing um, the uh, problems that we face uh, and ensuring that D we're no longer funding the CCP. 
Yeah. Dr. Thayer, we got to bounce. Uh, your book with uh, Lin Chao Han, which is amazing, Understanding the China Threat, is, I think, the definitive book for right now. It's out in uh, paperback uh, by Rutledge. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's absolutely extraordinary. Uh, how do people get to your writings, particularly your, your warning uh, to Mike Gallagher? Where, where do you, I know you're on American Greatness, Real Clear Politics, The Hill. Where do people go to get all of your writings? The Center for Security Policy.org. So, Center for Security Policy.org, uh, but also at Bradley Thayer at, um, on uh, Getter, of course, and Truth uh, are great places to go. Thank you, Steve. Thanks very much. Dr. Thayer, very uh, powerful a piece. We're going to make sure everybody gets it. It'll be pushed out everywhere. Thank you very much. Okay. Tomorrow at 10, it is uh, the debt. We hit the debt ceiling. Philip Patrick, uh, Steve Cortez, we got Russ Vote. I'm going to talk Brad into it right after the show. We're going to have an all-star cast to talk about the debt ceiling. This is the the mother of all battles. It'll be enjoying tomorrow. Secretary of Treasury is wandering around the world. She's not even here, but we'll get into it all tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. See you back here in the war room. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency.